0: Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator.
1: I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. (laughs) We're your hosts.
0: Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world.
1: Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net.
0: Yes, we love answering them. And now on with the show.
2: All right. So our guest today is Alyssa Rosenheck. She is a renowned interior and architectural stylist and photographer. She's also a cancer survivor, a lifestyle expert, and now an author publishing her first book with Abrams,
3: The New Southern Style. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me so much. I'm excited to be here. Okay, I loved your book. I feel like it is
2: a, it's not a design book, but it's masquerading as a design book, but it's
3: really, a, <laughs> a, it's really she's, a book. She's putting me already. That's right. <laughs> no.
2: I But it's, it's so much better than that. It is a book, it's a compilation really about, of, of stories, about people, and it's a celebration of creativity. And it's also a celebration of this thing that you've coined, or a, a term that you've coined, the New Southern movement. And um, we'll get to that more in a bit. But I just first feel like you have to start with your story because it is sort of the linchpin of why all of the storytelling happens. And so maybe you can start us off there.
3: Yes. Thank you, Caroline. Um, First, I want to say that with this project, I really wanted to focus on substance. I feel like our style is really a halo to our substance here. And I wanted to produce a project that really celebrated that. So thank you for acknowledging it. (laughs) Um, And my story is filled with a lot of life pivots. And I think when readers pick up this book, I want it also to be A friend to them during their own life pivots. And it's been definitely, this story's been brewing inside me for a really long time. I spent my early 20s and 30s really making choices from a place of fear. And I feel like life is always speaking to us and it's whether or not we're listening. And I really started to listen when I was diagnosed with cancer at 32 years old. And um, for those who, who don't know me or my story, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, we were one of the only Jewish families in our community, on um, in our neighborhood. And, you know, that came with its own set of, you know... <laughs> relevant topics that I think that we're all experiencing today. And one of the reasons that I really wanted to write a project like this. And then I just wanted to focus on structure and stability in my early 20s and early 30s. And having that financial freedom and independence was something that I was really gravitating towards. And so I worked for two fortune 100 companies and then again, um, was, was diagnosed with cancer and it just stopped me in my tracks. And I feel like whenever you hear that something could be really wrong with you, um, you, you pause. And for the first time, when I was 32, I I took a step back and I really evaluated what my life was and where I wanted it to go. And I had never taken that stillness for myself. And now I really feel like stillness speaks to us. And we live in this really noisy world with all this chaos around us. And it comes at us at all directions, especially now as we're wearing so many different hats and there's all this other pressure going on and what's going on right now in our current climate. And um, I really celebrate those small pauses we get to take for ourselves. And that's what cancer did for me. And from that point, I followed these little inner creative compulsions that I just never listened to at that time in my life. And I feel like when you start saying yes to yourself, the world starts saying yes to you as well. And I picked up a camera for the very first time. I had always been drawn to photography and drawn to that creative visual aesthetic and never really listened to it until then. And it was my healing catharsis through cancer and connected me to a really incredible Career in Second Life, which is where we are now. Very
0: inspirational.
3: Thank you. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of glossed over some stuff, but we talked about it. And we jumped. You know, that's why Uh, they got to get the book. Yeah, you know, to get the full mm-hmm. story. So. Yeah, but it it did, it really did connect me to, um, I really feel like when we lean into our creativity, it connects us to our meaning and to our purpose. And it did that for me. And we are a culmination of our experiences. And I think entering into the creative landscape when I did almost seven years ago, I, I knew I wanted to focus on Interiors and architectural photography. I started shooting my condo, getting ready to prep it to sell it at the time. And I fell in love with it. It was just such a moving meditation for me. And it felt like a form of prayer. And it just was such a beautiful release that I had never expected. Like time stood still. And from then, I just think I allowed, I allowed to continue to follow, follow that path. And one thing led to another where one of my girlfriends, her friends was starting her interior design business and needed a photographer. So I intuitively styled the shoot. I intuitively photographed the the shoot. And then we had this beautiful gallery and she's like, we're just going to put it up on my website. And I'm like, no, I'm going to take my corporate training and background. And let's see if I can further give you a return on investment with my services and get you more clients. And I started focusing on the digital landscape about seven years ago when nobody was doing that and um, and pitched to editorial outlets online and found this really incredible synergy with my clients, getting them placed, getting them momentum, having them receive more clients and attention. And it just was a really synergistic way to expand my portfolio, but also help build small businesses in this country, which has been really a passion of mine.
0: Wow. Gosh, you sound very impressive. I feel I feel Right? A little failure at <laughs> no. in comparison.
1: I'm no, like me. Where yeah. you you know,
0: you just take something and you let it happen. You let it roll and then you amplify it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I well,
3: think that's hard. It is hard. And I feel like it wasn't hard for me because I felt like I had been forcing something for 12 years. That wasn't fitting for me in the corporate world. I was doing something totally different. You know, I was in industrial manufacturing um, with 3M and they were awesome. I feel like I walked away with a mini MBA there. And then my second Fortune 100 company, I was in spine medical device sales. So I was in the operating room with neurosurgeons and orthopedic spine surgeons, selling spine equipment and troubleshooting um, and making sure plans A, B and C were there. So that was really intense. And I didn't have a vacation for like the past six years in that world. And I feel like whenever you've lived in that chronic state, of just, you know, stress and meeting a bottom line and competing and all of these things, whenever you like pick up a camera, and you're like, this is creativity, this feels amazing. I'm gonna like, let it speak to me now, Mm -hmm. and not force it.
2: I I just think it's also amazing that you had just the self-confidence and faith in yourself to just embark on this whole new challenge. Yeah, let's try something. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's It's an incredible story. So talk to us a little bit about this this new Southern movement because Mm -hmm. it's something you've coined and it's the title of your book, obviously. So um, tell us about it.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing that makes the New Southern so exciting, it's, a, it's a movement and it's grounded in cultural change where we're really honoring and humanizing our differences through the lens of creativity. And for me, I really like to understand where we're going, understand really where we've been to navigate where we're going. And the vehicle for me is creativity. I feel like it's a, it's a common thread that you can find throughout my entire story. And I've also looked at it as a expansive tool to have really interesting, challenging conversations. And it's something that lives within all of us. And, you know, I'm living, breathing proof of that, that since I didn't think I had a creative bone in my body until I was 32 years old. <laughs> and I'm highlighting chefs and makers and designers and artists and authors and all of these incredible creative entrepreneurs where I'm documenting how really our creativity transcends division and unites. And we're all using our voices to further our communities and acceptance and using our gifts in a really vulnerable way. So
1: do you remember exactly where you were when you came up with this idea?
3: Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I was flying to a project in Connecticut. So I was just going through LaGuardia. I was getting my rental car in Queens. And I, you know, whenever you have those ideas and it's like living inside you, but you just can't put a name to it. And I knew, I think it's really easy for people to tell you what they don't like before they tell you what they like. And I was like, I don't want it to be like, it's not the old, Southern for all of these reasons. And I want it to be the new Southern because I want to breathe fresh new life into what people think Southern style is, Southern creatives are, what we're doing here. But not dismissing the past. I want, we're owning the past. We're owning the very complex nature of what this region is and the, the very guilty past here. But we're also, we're honoring it. We're acknowledging it. But we're also taking some really beautiful time old traditions and breathing new life into it with a lot of incredible human beings in this project. So I was tr- tr- to answer your question in Queens, New York, getting my rental car, driving to Connecticut a- on my way to a shoot. And I was like, it's the new Southern.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it's such a unique book, you know, just mm-hmm. yeah. um, the way you've put it together.
0: Thank Go you. Ahead. No, yeah, I, describe I, I, the book like to people. If you even, yeah,
3: because it's, it's, it's meaty, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I will say I'm really grateful for my publisher, Abrams took a chance on me and with this project. And they really let me write a book that I wanted to write that's atypical for a design book. And it's been out into the world for about two weeks now. And the biggest piece of feedback that I've received is how meaty it is and how it's just not a picture book. And so there really is something to inspire your... your your creative soul and the four walls of your home. And I have it broken up into two sections. So you have section one, which is the intro. It's about the movement. It's about shadows and light and how my photography philosophy really transcends my life philosophy. And then you go into section two. And section two has six different design genres. So there's something for everybody from laid back to collected, to preppy, to playful, to minimal, to all these, to coastal. And then at the end of each design genre, I'm breaking it up into a style section and a substance section, because I really, again, want to infuse substance in an industry that really celebrate style because i feel like substance is so it's it's what i crave and it's what i really want to highlight in in this community so an example of that is uh
0: one of the things was i think um the new bar card is the new the bar card is the new china cabinet and then clean eating is the new cocktail hour yeah
3: so that's at the end of so in the laid back section we have the bar cart is the new china cabinet and then we also have evening rituals are the new nightcap and so i am somebody who thrives off of rituals do you guys do you guys incorporate yes. rituals yes what are your some of your favorite rituals
2: Oh my coffee
3: in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's <laughs> everyone, but yeah. I'm very particular about it. Yeah, but yes, I, mm-hmm. I looked at reassigning meaning to our spaces, our everyday spaces, and I want this to be really relatable. And so, I really love t- tub at night. I love. I think water is such a huge source of renewal and regeneration. And um, you know, I have my simple bath routine and ingredients and in like in what I use. Followed with a meditation.
2: I mean, I I totally agree. Like it's it's soulful. And it's really um the thing that I thought was so surprising and and really a great fit for our show, too, is we are always talking about how your personal style and the way that you live is and acknowledging those two things is really going to yield a better result in your design and in your life you're going to be more it's going to be more beautiful it's going to be more comfortable it's going to be more functional but you have to be honest about yourself and your your own style and your own life and you are sort of taking that same concept but you're applying it to your actual life it's sort of the reverse. You know what I mean? You're saying that yes. like, okay, if you yourself acknowledge your own personality and your own needs and you embrace your creativity and your imagination, then you're going to have a more beautiful
3: life and a more fulfilling life. And yeah. that sort of I blew my mind. They they communicate very well together, these concepts. And I even have portions in my own home. I believe... I. I'm a huge believer in the power of visualization and having little visual reminders, but also I created our space, our home, my husband and my, our puppy live here. Um, to have a lot of visual rest. And when you walk in, I want it to feel peaceful and welcoming. And, you know, I want you to sit down and take a deep breath in and a deep exhale out and just want to stay a little bit. And I feel like I've achieved that through some of the moments I've, you know, incorporated into our home. But I also have really strong symbolism with the artwork I've incorporated to remind me to dig deep on those days that I really don't want. (laughs) <laughs> One, two, you know? And I'm like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. And so mm-hmm. I definitely have those visual representations in our home for that. So I feel like it, they, they communicate very well. And I feel like, you know, I, I love collected spaces and I love spaces that really make you stop and, and feel, feel like home and there's a, a warmth attached to them, but also like a forward vision attached to them as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about living in the light. What does that mean to you?
3: I personally, I, I think we all have our own definitions of what that means. And I feel like it's taken on a little bit of a trendy, you know, um, air to it. But for me, it means living in alignment where my thoughts and my words are very much in alignment with my actions that are also forward moving to a vision that I have for my life and my creativity and you know our home and our family life that's it's it's in harmony it's a it's a certain groundedness and a rootedness in it
0: mm-hmm. so you're kind of living in your own light yeah a little
3: we all have it we all it's it's, yeah. it's within us it's sort all of
0: acknowledging it. yeah
3: mm-hmm. thank you and I love that you have mantras too. you like say in the morning I do. I feel like how we wake up and even the night before, like the tub is really symbolic for me to process the day, (laughs) whatever that meant for us that day, and really prepare us for the day ahead. And when I wake up, I'm not perfect. I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but these are where these mantras really come in. <laughs> and it's how I'm gonna show up for myself today and how I'm gonna show up for my community today and what that means. And, you know, as a creative too, we're all creatives on this call. And, you know, it's it's getting inspired. It's it's getting ourselves and our our mindset in that receiving mode so we can receive inspiration and create for mm-hmm. ourselves and our businesses and our communities. And so um, I definitely wake up with at strong affirmations. And then I really focus on managing my energy versus my time too. So what's lighting me up, what's giving me energy, what's making me excited versus like what's draining me and what I wanna walk, <laughs> walk quickly mm-hmm. away from.
1: <laughs> you have some tips on your website for counteracting burnout with creativity. Would you mind sharing some of those? Cause I do feel like especially right now, the burnout on creativity is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: I think, um, first of all, to be creative in this climate right now is a privilege. And so I know to a lot of women who are in my community, they're wearing so many different hats with remote learning and, you know, managing jobs and schedules. And so sometimes creativity is just resting and pausing and, you know, having your cup of tea or coffee in the morning and not thinking about things. I do feel like creativity for me, you have to release in order to receive. You have to really get out of your head, get out of that 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 stressful, anxiety-driven energy. And you have to really cultivate a strong self-care practice for creativity. And that's something that, I really had to learn when I was writing this book on deadline. You know, you have... And it was a different form of creativity. Writing's a different form of producing. Whereas I'm walking into a really stimulating home and environment and I'm like lining up the shots like it's already there in front of me. And I'm like working that puzzle piece together. And so in order to counteract burnout with creativity, I think you have to... It's counterintuitive, but you have to show up for your creativity every day. The more you show up for it, the more creative you are, the more it begets more creativity. And for me, if something's not working or if I'm feeling a little drained in one area of my creativity, I unplug and I rest or I go for a walk or get outside or listen to some music or work on a different creative project and then come back to the thing that I was working on. And again, it's affirmations in the morning, it's managing my energy in the afternoon, and it's a really strong renewal practice in the evening that I have outlined in the book. Okay.
0: Is your husband in on all this or how does that work out? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a he's question. a surgeon right because i feel like he's you know his brain might be in a different place wait say
3: that again Is mm-hmm. <laughs> my isn't he a surgeon he is a surgeon right yeah
0: so i feel like his brain might be in a different place is he does he like go with all this is he also like i have a mantra and i take a tub no I- he
3: thinks i'm a lunatic okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no we are like right brain left brain <laughs> oh my gosh, i love it Here.
1: So you're burning sage in the evening and he's yeah, like, what he's are you like, doing? He's yeah, like,
3: alarms going off. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what does that mean? Manage energy. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I, love <laughs> it. I love it. But he's so funny too. He's my favorite example because, um, when people are like i'm not creative he's he's the first one to say he's not creative but there have been moments where i'm like ben i need you to help me take a like a behind the scenes picture here of me and he is incredibly creative he just has not allowed himself to access that part of himself or has allowed himself to be still enough cuz he's over here in this very cerebral realm where a plus b has to equal c <laughs> you know he's right. like i can't be creative in surgery <laughs> You know, that's right. when you yeah. get like lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't want I don't want a surgeon that's deemed himself. Creative. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. No. But he um he is he is incredibly supportive mm-hmm. and you know, we balance each other out. It's mm-hmm. it's it's definitely that good balance. So if I think I'm mm-hmm. having a bad day and he comes home and he shares his day, it puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. Especially sure. yeah. Yeah. So well, I do
2: think that, like, creativity is not just relative to the arts. You know what I mean? There, there are tons of ways, like, a, an accountant could be creative. The sure. way that they, it's just... Where they hide your money. Yeah. I mean, your <laughs> I mean, whole book, offshore book is...
3: Offshore account. Yeah. Like, who's who <laughs> doing your accounting? <laughs> no, your whole book is about... We don't want accountants <laughs> or doctors creative.
2: <laughs> no, no, I just mean that, like... Um, Creative is it just like everyone has their own version of creativity. Like I have yes. this guy friend who is an accountant. And he thinks it's like the greatest thing in the world. He loves it. And I can just see him like getting into the zone. He's like looking at numbers. And obviously numbers are much more um, here. But I just think that kind of to what you were saying, creativity is a lot about openness. And that can come in lots of different ways.
0: Maybe I'm right. just being. No, that's absolutely you know, true, Carolyn. I believe that. <laughs> Because you you see that all the time at work, you know, cross-departmentally. It's not just the creative department. You'll see someone in operations or, you know, someone in finance come up with a thought. And it could be, you know, like there's that story about I know y'all have heard the story about the you know the the truck and they couldn't get it through the bridge and they brought all the engineers and it was just like one inch too tall and blah and then like the the four year old was like well, why don't they just take the air out of the tires and they're like oh you know <laughs> yeah. it's that you yeah. know just think letting yourself think outside the box yeah. and mm-hmm. perform outside for the sure. box yeah for
3: sure yeah
1: but that's what's so great about this book is you just everyone's creative but it's so different mm-hmm. uh, yeah just so different.
3: It is so So different. different. Um,
0: And I like that you asked them all a lot of the same questions. Yeah, Maybe you asked them all all the same questions, but they didn't all like exactly marry each other, which I thought was great.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it was, it was incredible. It was a really, it was a really rewarding process. Um, I think I remember the night before the book came out, Ben was like, are you nervous? You know, and I was for sure, (laughs) but I feel like the reward was in the process getting to be in, all of these incredible humans homes who I am lucky enough to call like my friends, you know, and to shoot them and to have their trust and to produce a project like this that I couldn't have done it without them. And with my team and with Abrams, it, it was truly um, an incredible journey. A wild one. Did you shoot all of the photography? I did. I didn't realize that. Wow. That, I mean, that
0: is a bunch of work. It is gorgeous. I
3: don't recommend writing and photographing your own book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It might be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, you know, it, I wouldn't have done it any other way. You know, the photography side of me is like my love language and writing was the journey for me. And to be able to do both was a dream come true just to complete it. So that's the gift. <laughs>
0: yeah. How long did this project take?
3: Uh I started the process really from start to finish. Books are so fascinating to me in terms of how people go about them. Um I definitely went traditional publishing and I met with my literary agent in the summer of 2017. I was declined by my first one. <laughs> they didn't really <laughs> understand the vision at the time, which I totally get. And um really started that journey summer of 2017. And then we went through about, I probably took eight to nine months working on my book proposal. And then there's something called auction where once your book proposal is done, you put it out into the literary world. And she put it out into the literary world an auction for about two weeks. And then there was a bid day and then we had um, publishers interested and then two publishers were very interested and then a bidding war happened. And then I went with Abrams who fought the hardest for the project. And that was Whoa, in. That's I amazing. Wow. That happened, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That was in 2018. And then um, I took the next six months off to finish writing and shooting the project in 2019. So did you photograph
2: first or did you do the interviews in your intro and everything first?
3: Both. I wrote probably half of this pr- book, if not more, on a plane um, traveling to, to my <laughs> shoots. <laughs> traveling for clients and to the shoots for the book. So there was a time... I remember I was concluding two thousand eighteen, I believe, and I was on the road for seventeen consecutive weeks. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah. nuts. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could I could tell you you referred to airports quite a bit and you're like, I was watching your hair tutorial and you're like, Oh well, this is my hair that I and I was like, She's she's on the move.
3: <laughs> move. more yeah. status. <laughs> <Her, laughs> we're, we're very much um, on the ground right now. Okay. Well, I did want to talk to you about,
2: um, back to to pre-book, your, just your photography business, because one thing that you do that I think is really unique is you both style and photograph your spaces. And that is, first off- Unusual. Normally, that's two people, not yep. one incredibly talented person. And also, how- maybe like just kind of talk us through the styling and the photographing and how they go in tandem and
3: any tips you want to share about styling yeah. your space that you've of learned. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. So I adore my clients. They are just I have the I have the ability to work with some of the most talented designers in this country and I'm really grateful for their support and I love them. And typically what happens is I'm contacted by one of my clients months months like 6 months before one of their projects is done. And in terms of styling, I never want to take away from my client's design and so I, as a photographer, and I'm always looking through the frame. So my designers create these beautiful masterpieces for their, their clients, these beautiful homes where people live in and love in and grow in. And I come in and I'm this like element of last layered fantasy. And I'm recognizing certain holes that the lens will pick up. So this may come in the form, you guys have done catalog shoots, you guys have done all these things, you know, and this comes in the form of accessories and layers. And I look at layers as a invitation for your eye to organically move throughout the room. I never want my eye to go into one space. That's just empty. To me, that's a big blaring sign that it needs something. And so when I'm working with my clients, I'm really an extension of their brand. And I really try to visually style for them in terms of making their product and project the most like collaborative and beautiful for whatever their goals are, whether that's their 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 portfolio on their website or if they have editorial goals, whatever that looks like. And then we really navigate that conversation. But I'm normally coming in and making art suggestions and mirror suggestions. And if we need additional rugs, um in inter- turn pillows, color schemes in terms of throws and all of these last layer pieces, plants, filler. Um, one of my favorite is fillers, the new floral. And I just feel oh, like... I love that I did too It's one mm-hmm. of my favorites. I Explain just, what you mean so people know what you mean. Yeah. So, especially in the South, I think people think of really tight floral bouquets that are roses and hydrangeas. And the thing that I have found, I have a hard time styling with those sometimes and get a lasting use of those because those normally die within three to five days. And so I've experimented over the years with some really hardworking filler that I love that breathes fresh new life into the space. And that's really economical and most often a one-stop grocery store shop. So it's either I love baby's breath. I'm bringing it back from the 80s. I love Israeli <laughs> Ruskis. Israeli ruscus is one of my favorites. If you change out the water once, like once or twice a week, it will last you up to four to five months.
0: What? Mm-hmm. Whoa. My drop. Right I'm Googling now. right now. Wait, I
3: was Googling <laughs> it. Is Israeli ra- Ruscus. It's one of my yeah. favorite. And you can it's- even do Italian Ruscus. I love seeded eucalyptus. The whole eucalyptus family is great. Um, there's, I have so many good tips in the book with this. So,
1: Yes. Yes.
0: We all know. I, I am broken when it comes to flower arranging. Caroline is a master arranger. <laughs> I just cannot do it. I don't, I, I try and it's always a disaster. So this is so helpful to me because I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can do but
3: that. I, life like, and if, and this doesn't always apply to some of my more high end editorial shoots, we will, we will go above and beyond for those. But this is like just really easy, approachable, really relatable tips for everyday use. This is the stuff that I have in my home every day. And yeah, my Israeli Ruskis, I change out the water once every two weeks, and it's lasted me for four months now. Guys, that's crazy. crazy. I know. That
1: is
2: crazy. Are you sure it's real? It's real. (laughs) It's real. Um, Okay. Well, one thing we didn't talk about is how did you pick the people that you were featuring in the book?
3: Yeah, Ooh, Good question. That is a really good question. I wanted a really broad range. I know that this is an interior design book, but I really wanted to show the depth of creative spirit in the South. And so I wanted to hone in on having really beautiful chefs like Monique Shohan, who has totally changed the culinary landscape here in Nashville. And she also just came out with her book to then Bobby Burke, who is an icon, you know, and then Leanne Ford, who is incredible and just does so many beautiful things with white and black spaces. I mean, she is just a doll. So it's really about people who are using their voice to further their own communities and using their gifts in a really vulnerable way. And most of which, you know, are people that I've, I've admired and some of my heroes or really, you know, beautiful friends of mine that I've been able to work with through the years. So none of, So they weren't necessarily your clients before? No.
2: Were all of the um, and I know you sort of talked about this with creating your your proposal, but um, had you photographed any of their homes or any of these spaces before the book?
3: Um, a few. So Elsie Larson, who is incredible, she's known for a beautiful mess. But the thing that I love so much about Elsie, not only is she just a really beautiful human inside and out, she's really pioneered the tech space within her like app, a color story. Not many people know that she is like a fearless female leader in that space. And so I really wanted to shine light on that as well. And um, Elsie and I have a really fun story. She moved to Nashville and was um, approached by Country Living to do a shoot for some features for them and we had never met and she selected me as her photographer because we had both admired each other and so it's just it's been beautiful stories like that that have been more kismet and you know a, just a good synergy around and so um she's been yeah I shot her before I put her in the book
0: So that's, well, that's cool. gonna make you feel good yeah,
3: yeah there's, you know, this book is filled, there is a palpable humanity and a really kinetic creative energy attached to these pages. And it's something that I really think that you could read from start to finish or open it up to any page and really feel right. that inspiration. And so that's mm-hmm. what I really wanted to do. And then, or you can just have it as a design accessory on your coffee table and never <laughs> open it if that's also the case. <laughs> I know. But that's a great point because it and nuggets. You
0: know, each person's profile is, you know, maybe six pages or something, three spreads. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I read it on a screen, so I, I wasn't able to flip through it. So I don't know exactly, but it was, you know, it felt like that. So you could just, you know, open it anywhere, find mm-hmm. a person. It is mostly women, which is kind of fun, um, and and you know, really kind of get inspired about. It. And some of them, you know, have nothing to do with what you do, but. You know, yeah, it was great. I loved that yeah. that sort of like bite-sized um, inspo. You.
3: And I wanted to yeah. show the rank of creativity and how it's just not in one linear path. You know, it, it takes form in every different area of these, these individuals' lives. And, you know, they inspire me. And um, I'm hoping that's what this, this project really, I feel like, is going to help those tap even more into their creative power. Yeah.
2: The the thing I loved about it and that I so appreciate about the creative community myself is that I feel like creativity is not something that when you're a kid people really encourage, you know, like when you're in high school they're like, "Oh, don't be an artist, like you can't make money you can't that way." Make any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there's so many people that I know and have met and you know, you read about and Your book or in magazines that have really created a successful career for themselves doing something very niche and something that is creative. And I think that your book is a great example to show like kids in high school, just like you don't have to give up this hobby or this interest that you have because you think that it won't make money. Like what a silly Mm -hmm. thing to do,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously
2: money is important. I'm not discounting that
0: Right. But I mean- But Caroline, so many of our guests have come on and, and had a midlife career pivot. So, you know, similar to you, you know, started as lawyers and are now interior designers or didn't know it was a thing, like didn't know this was a job that one could do to be an interior designer, which I I think that's so interesting that we don't have more options for young people that are creative pursuits when they're younger, that are going to be viable careers,
3: 100%. I always feel like it's really important to nurture that, especially like we don't need to have cancer to have those eye opening life pivots. But I do think it's important to put food on the table. Number one, you know, I would not be able to have the businesses that I have if I didn't have the creative, the corporate savings that I conservatively saved and really wanted to have that nest egg first and foremost. And you have to have money to start a business. I'm not going to ever skate across that. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that you need you need your side hustle and it needs to come from that creative place. And you can always have that. That's where like the deepest innovation comes from is looking at things differently and, you know, seeing how you can further be of service and value in an industry and what that looks like and what, how you can differentiate yourself in your marketplace, especially for designers, you know, There's room enough for everybody to be successful, and I hear it too from my community. I have CFOs come to me and say, "Hey, I have this really strong passion of in design or in interior photography. You know, I think I'm going to make that leap of faith, and I'm the biggest supporter Mm -hmm. of that.
2: You'll never know if you don't do it. Yeah, very true. What I think that's a great. Um, stopping point before we get to our decorating dilemma. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm
0: on an inspiration high.
1: It is from Cindy, and she writes and says, Hi, ladies. I love your podcast. I discovered it early this summer, and I instantly became addicted. Here's my decorating dilemma. I hope you can help. We have been doing some... Updating at our home during these crazy times and my current dilemma is the great room We recently replaced the carpet with hardwood got a new sofa and loveseat stained the concrete hearth top Painted the piano black and replaced some track lights above the fireplace with can lights So we definitely have to paint the ceiling too We still plan to remove the carpet from the steps between the foyer and the great room and update the balusters and iron spindles and new newel post Now I'm stuck regarding paint for walls and trim. And of course, any other suggestions you might have. Um, Please see the pictures attached. As you can see, there's lots of windows, natural light and angles. Our house has a unique floor plan. And once you start painting, it goes on and on. Are your accent, accent walls out? Should we paint the cabinets in the bar area? And if so, what color? What are your color suggestions for trim and walls? Also the front door area. Fireplace, any help you can give would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Cindy.
0: Okay, I'm gonna describe Cindy's room. Cindy sent us a lot of really good photos, so it's easy to see what's going on. She uh, she has beautiful new hardwood floors. Um, she does have, like she said, it's a really open space, and there are interesting angles uh, for the ceiling. So uh, and but there's no upper trim. It doesn't look like, but it does have you know sort of a slanted ceiling the whole way through the space. So it starts at sort of like I'd say nine feet, and it goes up to maybe 20 feet in the foyer. Um, I'm making these numbers up, but maybe it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> tall. Um, and she, and every, all her furniture and everything seems pretty neutral. Uh, her new sofa and, and rug and everything. There's some navies and tans. Um, and then she has this kind of fun and funky fireplace. Um, that's also the, the, the stone brick appears to be sort of tans. And then she has. What I think dates the whole place, which is this wood trim, all of her trim is a brown wood. She has a cool little built-in bar area in the in the family room that also is the same sort of honey-colored wood. And, um, and then uh, in her foyer, it's around the door and it's around the windows and all of that. So, uh, um, and she, and then the walls are all sort of a neutral tan, except the fireplace wall, which is a, a brown. And she's like, what should I do? Alyssa, what should she do?
3: Well, I think it's a really great open space. I would love for it to all be one color. I'm not a huge fan of statement walls unless it's done really intentional throughout with like different fabrics and textures and like really tying in those colors. I would love for it to be like light, bright, open and airy and really reflect all the windows she has in the house. And then... Maybe reassign meaning to the big room, like bring the furniture into the fireplace a little bit more. And I like the bar area, but I don't know. I almost would want to see those top cabinets gone. And if they can build keep the bottom. Mm. Yeah. And if they can do shelving for bookcases above it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. You know, and like, sure yeah. Yeah. Even put in like even a little card table. Like this is a big great room meant for people to gather, you know. I just think it's so big. And we could do like a little table back there, bring in the furniture closer to the...
0: I do wonder why she doesn't have her sofa closer to the fireplace. It's just in Um, the middle of the room. Yeah, it's not really oriented on anything, except I think she centered it on the window. But I wouldn't worry about that, Cindy. Like, Mm -hmm. push it all down and and really, yeah, Mm -hmm. get some intimacy down there. And then you could have another area behind it that's usable. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: I I lean towards, like lighter spaces and then incorporating the color in the accessories and so Mm -hmm. i would want to see would you who's who's for statement walls
0: i agree that they need to be very intentional Mm -hmm. um we get uh, a lot of back and forth on the podcast about it you know because it's it's one of those things that can go awry
3: the biggest bang for your buck is making everything one color in that room and then bringing in texture and layered accessories within the same tonal family and then pops of color with great art, you know, or something along those lines. But definitely make the space more intimate with your seating arrangement. Push it forward. Like I want to see it all even like we can incorporate a different another chair just to flank it and just bring it all to the fireplace.
2: I like your idea. I a card table, or like a little, like a round table, maybe behind mm-hmm. the love seat. Like if she pushes that whole section yeah. closer to the fireplace, then she's gonna have a lot, plenty of room yeah, really. behind yeah. that. Maybe, I mean, maybe she could do four chairs around an ottoman in front of that sliding door, or the card table.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, she can or even or do a long, like a, a longer, area. a longer little side table behind that couch, put another lighting area there, Mm -hmm. you know, benches under. She has
0: something behind it um, because there's a little plant and stuff. Are you talking about her long sofa, right? So she should put some lamps up on that. Yeah. On the sofa, on the table behind the sofa. Yeah, Yeah, you need some more lamps in there, Cindy.
3: But I do like that. Alyssa, like so
0: colors. when you say paint the whole thing light or white or a color, so should she do uh, the trim just a different sheen
3: of that? Yeah. I know that gets a little bit more expensive when you're painting trim, but I would have everything one color. Okay. okay. I, I think she should do it all white. And
0: I, I do. I, I wanted, feel like it'll feel like an art gallery, just beautiful in there. I know.
2: And And, okay, I know that those big, tall walls where you just have – Huge. I I feel like I know what she was trying to do because her walls are so big. If this were, you know, I imagine she was like, okay, the can't all be white because then it's just going to be huge walls, like and and ceiling. But I think what she needs to do is do all white, accentuate the wood trim. That's what, this is what I would do, anyways. Um, accentuate the wood trim, which I think is has a lot of character to it. And um, but you'd keep the wood trim. Oh yeah, we keep the wood trim.
0: Oh, I would not.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I wouldn't I would either. I would that get that would it. I think
3: it dates it.
0: Yes.
1: We can really do it <laughs> Okay, continue then. <laughs>
2: but, but, okay, but you know would what? You it should paint it
1: too. That's fun.
3: Would you re-core part of Sorry, no. I think you can get away with it if you're installing like panel molding on the wall. You know what I'm talking about?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Or it kind of mirrors it maybe? No, I don't know.
2: I mean, it's never going to be wrong to paint it white. I think she could make it work. But I I also wouldn't, you know, painting it white too. But what I was going to say is I think she needs to look up Lauren Lease. She's a designer in Washington, D.C. And she does an incredible job with exactly this tile house, very 70s. And she, I, I think... The thing that I love about it is that she a lot of times will do sort of a earthy kind of 70s color palette. She does that a lot. And so it feels very um appropriate for the style of the house. And she does, she really embraces the style, that 70s kind of vibe, like you have this vaulted ceiling, um, lots of wood. But she does it in a really modern way in the way she styles it. So she needs to order Lauren's books and look at her <laughs> portfolio.
3: Lauren, I, I uh,
2: love her so
3: much. And, Lauren's um, sweet words are on the back of my book. She's sweet.
2: Oh, are they? Mm. <laughs> I didn't do that. But um, but yeah, I, she and, and Lauren has even had like one of her houses was even in this very style. So I think that would be a great source of inspiration for her. And um, I would if I don't know. So if I were so if it were me, I would just do the white walls. But like work on your art collection. Get some huge pieces. Well, oh, I know I'm serious. Like, no you man. do have a lot of blank walls, but get some, like, do not buy anything for your walls that is under. 24 like, inches, like 30. It oh, needs well, to
0: be yeah, like 40
2: inches. Big. Big stuff. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can find a photograph or something that you want to blow up or, you know, make something or find a giant basket that you want to hang. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, something that's precious or crazy expensive. But I think no. you need to get a couple, two, three things that are just huge and let that carry the full
3: wall. That's what I would do.
0: But she doesn't have any wall space. She has a bunch of windows.
3: She does flanking.
0: Yes, right flanking here. the windows there. She could, so, could like, beef up that art for sure. Right above the above TV. Right above the TV.
3: Yeah, of that, yes, yes. And above the bar and i think that bar would go away because right now mm-hmm. you just want your eye to continuously move so it i love white. yeah mm-hmm. it needs to be all white
0: yeah yeah, yeah. agreed
3: We even just, the banister yeah. i would paint the banister yeah. like she has this dresser kind of back against the
2: sliding what what looks like a sliding <clears> door it is kind of hard to tell um like I would take everything off that dresser and do one huge piece of art over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with like
3: a chair maybe.
2: I mean, I get that I'm – Karen mm-hmm. and I are both notoriously against photo frames. I, But hey, maybe you take all of the photos that are in those frames and do a gallery wall in this little yeah. staircase behind that chest – like yeah.
3: in a stairwell or some matching frames. And now yeah. It's a really yeah. incredible time to be supporting mm-hmm. local artists, which I'm sure they have amazing mm-hmm. things. You can even do big tapestries, like any type of cloths you want to hang, like quilts, mm-hmm. whatever that is. I mean, you have definite wall space here for that. Mm-hmm. Good, really. Yeah. I think outside the box for sure. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I think that is
2: amazing, um, or like a good strategy if you have giant ceilings like this, is light fixtures. Yes. Pick stuff. I mean, like I, if you don't I can understand she does do you have a fan? fan,
0: maybe she doesn't need it. If she doesn't need yeah. it, get rid of it and put yeah. in like a really beautiful um, large scale. Large. Light.
3: yeah. Would you um, paint the brick as well?
0: I think she could go either way. Yeah, I think it depends. I would paint the whole thing white and see. Yeah. Same. Cause you could always come back, keep a bucket of that and see the brick around the fireplace is what she's referring to. Yeah. referring to, And yeah. it could be like really cool and funky Yeah, or it mm-hmm. could, you know, be like, mm, meep, meep. yeah. See, and,
2: and that's sort of the reason why I am not hating the wood trim. I, I think it can work. Um, don't be a hater. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally understand. I, I think to your point, um, painting it white to match the walls is going to instantly update the space i think she could also update the space in other ways too if she you know paints the easiest adds. well yeah yeah so anyways i could go either way
0: yeah i think yeah. you can make it work with a wood
2: trim it might be a little more work though
0: I think it'd be harder. I think it mm-hmm. I think she might need someone she might need a professional to help her out cuz I you know it's that's it's a tricky thing to mm-hmm. have a house of that era and make it Cool. I don't know. I don't know the right word. Not that your house isn't cool, Cindy. That's not what I'm trying to say. But you know, to make <laughs> it feel current, mm-hmm. uh, right? And mm-hmm. not go. Oh, I know that. I know the year this house was built. Mm-hmm. But like here's here's
2: my here's the only reason why I'm advocating, especially for the brick to leave it or at least try to leave it,
0: mm-hmm. is
2: because I think s- too often, sometimes people are like, "Oh, just paint it." Paint like deep. we have we have some friends who had some granite on the front of their house and they painted it white, and I kind of was like. oh can't ever take that back. And there's some really beautiful things about granite. You know what I mean? Like there, I think there's a loveliness to natural materials. I I can see how sometimes they're not always the most, you know, modern looking, but to my point, Mm -hmm. someone like a Lauren Lees can show you how you can take a natural material that is in its original form and make it feel cool. It doesn't have it. to be, yeah. So,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a good
2: point, Caroline.
1: No, it is good. I think you have to be more adventurous. I think if you are a safe person and you want the safe route and you want updating, saw layer paint like I did to my own den, highly recommended. You know, the wood walls just didn't didn't stick. So I mean, true. I I, I also don't
2: think that it's like too precious like you shouldn't yeah I painted brick in our house so I'm not totally against it I, I kind of like the fireplace I gotta admit it I think it looks sort of mod yeah. yeah well and here's the thing I think too about the 70s
0: especially the 70s are really in right now True. so I think you can get away with a little bit of it well, do you think she needs to incorporate a little bit of that into her decor then? You know, maybe like you were saying, instead of a piece of art, maybe she gets a cool like macrame hanging. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's over that chest in the back to kind of echo that vibe a little mm-hmm. bit or something. Or maybe she's got some cool vintage barware that she decks the bar out in cool like 70s barware or something. Something that kind of just brings it all together. Mm-hmm. And is a nod a nod to the the heritage of the home. Yeah. I like that, Karen. Well, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Cindy, we love that you're a fan. Yes. I love
2: this room. I think it can look so cool. I'm excited for her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It has has great
2: light. Yeah. It's fun architecture. It is fun.
0: Yeah. Tons of windows. Good girl. Yeah.
2: All right. Okay. um, Alyssa, could you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, get your book, all those good things?
3: Yes, definitely look at your local bookstores. Let's support our lo- small businesses, please. Um, it's also available on all major retailers. And you can find me at AlyssaRosenheck.com or Alyssa Rosenheck on Instagram um, or anywhere on the interweb. <laughs> so. And it's called The New Southern. The New Southern yes. Style is the book. Style.
0: Yep. That's on the second line. Yeah.
2: Okay. It's the, it's the new Southern. I was just thinking, well, shoot, I think I might have said it wrong in the intro. No, it's all the right. new Southern. Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: Thank you, ladies, so much Thank for having me. So Thank much. Much. How How are are you sure. You're so much. so nice light. to meet you. Yeah. I love yes. meeting you guys. You guys were amazing.
1: And that's our
2: show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast.
1: To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcastballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs.
0: And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.
1: And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating!